Welcome everyone to another episode of the Parenting and Home Podcast. My name is Matt. Thanks again for listening for another week. And as I'm talking to you right now, I know these past couple of weeks or the past couple of episodes have been kind of not as light. They've been kind of deep on my end, but this week I wanted to change it up a bit and talk about something that well affects all us dads, all us moms, but really more from a father perspective because when going through this, I was just a deer in the headlights. I didn't know what was going on. I had to take advice and answer questions to different friends, um, a couple relatives, and but it's just something that it grows on with you, and you just learn from it. And I just apologize in advance if you do hear any background noise. There is... Um, really high winds going on outside and the smell of fire is just starting to enter our home so i mean there's that going on too but um hope everything's going good with you guys by the time you hear this things are going well even though that sometimes what's going on in this world right now may not be the most ideal of situations but hopefully everything's going good and i know i really don't talk politics or anything like that i've dropped a couple things here and there but obviously that's not my main focus main focus is dealing with parenting it's in the title <laughs> but i mean we are in the we're most likely going to go on a second lockdown like we did in march maybe not as harsh but as i'm telling you this right now la city just announced that they're pretty much going on with their lockdown however they're going to do it i'm not really going to say too much on that well a i haven't read it and it's just like breaking right now but i would lie and sit here i'll sit here and lie and say that politics dealings with the outside world didn't affect how you parent how you input and output things and how you parent and teach your kids um but back to what i was talking about <laughs> what i wanted to talk about on this episode is things dad should know their first year of fatherhood which you really hear most of the stuff for the mother, most of the things for the kids, but what happens with a dad? You really don't hear anything about it because when I was a dad, became a dad, however you want to put it, when I was in that situation, I really didn't have any questions to turn to. So I hope whatever advice I'm throwing out right now, whoever's a first time dad in the first couple of months, or they're going to be a dad, or if you know anybody, spread on the information because it is scary. And I know as a dad, you're supposed to hold on strong and be strong. And, well, that didn't make any sense. But you're supposed to be the block. You're supposed to be the foundation to what just happened in your life of having, you know, your kid and your wife becoming a mother. It's a big deal. So I have about six talking points. So bear with me. First one I want to get into is take paternity leave. If you don't know what paternity leave is, that means when you're about to have a kid, by law, you're allowed to take time off at work. You maybe take between, how much was it? 
four to six weeks around there, I want to say. Even though you're the dad, you're still allowed to take that time off and you you have the option to get paid for it. Yeah, granted, it's not the full 100% pay. It's about 75%. Last I, last I seen, 75% of your pay, but you get to spend time with the kid. And if you could do it, I advise you to do it. Because taking time off when the child is born is really important. For my first kid, for Max, I was only able to take two to four days off. And that was around working around my schedule, throwing in the weekend. And it was just messy and kind of bad because it was our first kid. We didn't have anybody to help us. We were by ourselves. So he was two to four days. And fortunately, with my daughter... I saved up my vacation time and took two weeks. I was going to take the four to six weeks, maybe a little bit longer, because Mia was supposed to be a C-section baby. She was supposed to get cut out because of what happened with my first kid. And once my wife gets on here, we'll go into that a little bit more. But with the doctor, she was supposed to be on a certain date. We had the dates planned out. You had the paperwork filled out and... Actually, one of my friends, which which actually became her godmother, she was offering help to watch Max for, you know, the day or so while we're in the hospital. And then our other family was going to come in, take over for him. And we had everything planned out pretty much. But sometimes things don't happen like that. We had, actually, there was it was good news to what we had. Um, my wife was able to have the baby naturally, which, again, to us was a big deal considering our first kid. So, doctor's appointment, we're there every week. They said we could have it naturally, so Mia's due date got postponed back for two to three weeks. So, all that planning we had fell through, especially financially, kind of threw a wrench on our side, and fortunate enough, though, I still was able to take two weeks, which was good, but the time difference was huge from a couple of days with my boy and the full two weeks with my daughter. And I could notice, I could actually notice the usefulness in myself when it came to me helping my wife. For the first kid, it was just, you know, really with bills and money at the time, and I could only afford a couple of days, you know, when it happened. That's all the time I had. But it was crucial time, especially for being our first kid. I had to have at least some time off. I know there were some people that I talked to, some friends, they just, well, the next day they were back at their family. But at the same time, they had family there at the house or they lived with their mom. So it was a little bit of a cushion blanket. But for us, we were just getting started with everything. And it was our first kid. And to be honest, it was real scary. We had no help. We had nobody come, you know, give their helping hand like, you know, others have had. So really scared, really difficult. And for the second, it was a huge difference at the time because I could help with the newborn I could, and everything we were struggling with the first child, we actually learned from it and our experience got better. But only that, we had actually had offered help with Max, which was a huge deal to the day of or the time of my daughter being born. So taking paternity leave is really important, not only to help your wife and child, but to really get some future, get some of your future emotions when your kid is growing up. Taking the paternity leave is important not only because it helps your wife and the child, but to really get into some of the future emotions you're going to start having with your kid. Why not start jump into it, right? 
I mean, the frustration is really high, especially if you haven't dealt with the kid before. And it's just generally, it's frustrating. But the time you're there to help, I was there to help with Max, especially the second time around. And it went by a little bit smoother, but being the first year, a lot of things go on. Second is, put any preconceived notions on the shelf. And what I mean by that is you could study as much as you want. You could read as many books as you want on how to raise a kid or in the first year. But once your kid actually comes, your natural instinct kicks in and you're just on go. And I mean, it's not really that much to look into. If I mean, unfortunately, if you have a kid who's born sick or they have a little bit extra um, health issues and, you know, there's more stuff to learn about. But if they come out, you know, quote unquote normal, um, newborns really only need three basic things the first four to five months. They eat, sleep, poop, and chances are when they're crying, they're stemming from that. Other problems you can't, other problems you come in contact with, like colic, will play into effect, but it's not good to jump the gun with those. There's always different variables into what could go wrong with a kid. Well, not to go wrong, but, you know, how to treat, you know, what do I, what does the kid need? Kind of always helps keep a mental checklist and how to keep the baby calm. When the baby starts crying, don't freak out. It's usually just one or two or three things. Like I said, eat, they have a dirty diaper, or they're hungry. Or they need sleep, I'm sorry. I mean, it always helps to keep a mental checklist on how to keep the baby calm. And if you're with the kid a little bit, you're going to know what the kid wants, how the kid calms down. It could be from wanting to go to sleep, wanting to eat, having to have a change of diaper or something. Sometimes kids just want to have their eyes open and just enjoy the one in their face. But you never know unless you in a sense, work out the kinks. I mean, but once once you're doing that, you'll get a lot more efficient in terms of satisfying the needs for your child. And especially if you have a second kid, it should come to you way more quicker than what happened in the first. I mean, but if you keep the basics, always have the basics in your head, um, and you can just go off on that, let your natural instinct kick in, and Apart from having any major major health issues, it's all pretty solid in the first couple of months. Um, number three, if you have any questions, concerns, it don't hurt to ask any older generation. If you have any occasional questions, don't be afraid to ask, you know, an older relative, an older aunt, uncle, if you're fortunate, grandparents, parents, uh, in-laws. Especially if they already had a couple of kids, chances are they already know what they're doing and their advice can be really helpful. Aside from my in-laws, I was able to ask and reach out to my aunts, cousins, and some close friends. Hearing advice is helpful and actually leads to what decision you're going to make. An example of that is, well, my boy, he's very picky. He's picky now on what he eats, but when he was born, he was really picky on how he actually takes his milk. So for the first, I have to get back at my wife on this, but maybe the first month, it was kind of hard for him to breastfeed. And then, you know, when I, it was my turn to feed him, obviously I didn't use my breast or anything. Haha. 
um, we had to use a certain kind of nipple. And it wasn't really until the third or fourth month, really, where we actually found a nipple that he likes to drink from. Because I could tell you right now, we probably went through every single kind of bottle that we can imagine that we could buy get our hands in we tried the silicone nipples we tried the regular rubble rubble rubber nipples anything we could to try to get them to eat and it just wasn't going on and it was to the point too where the first month or so um, my wife would have some breast milk on hand and we would kind of have to give it to him through a spoon as weird as that sounds we literally put the milk on the spoon put it in his mouth or we used to get those like disposable infamil formula bottles that they gave us at the hospital for him to eat, to eat. And he actually ate from those a little bit. And before I get anything, my son was preemie about a, a good solid month. So he did have a little bit of issues of latching on and, you know, eating. And like I said, he was picky. He's picky now. So it kind of makes sense when you look back at it. But hearing advice is very helpful, especially if you're the new father. Ask dads. Ask other men because they may have some of the answers you may need. They may not. But it doesn't hurt to ask. That's the one thing. You just got to let your ego go sometimes. And I know sometimes when you're a father, this kind of natural, especially if, if you grew up or any around the hood or anything like that, a man has to be a man. But no one talks about when you have a baby, how a man's supposed to be a man at that point. So if you have any of those kind of egos kicking up, don't let that cloud your your mind into, you know, experiencing asking for help. It's really humbling and you can and then use that information and maybe somebody might ask you and you could be a little bit more easy giving that advice and make them feel comfortable. Like it's okay, don't worry, here's the advice. And boom. I'm trying to do that with one of my friends. He actually lives in Texas right now and I just know how important and hard it is the first year so I'm always trying to keep up on him make sure he's doing okay and no by no way means or anything like that I'm trying to like you know baby him in a sense but as a dad it helps for somebody to ask like hey are you okay do you need anything how's the wife how's the kid doing something like that goes a long way number four your wife is more important than you. Sounds basic, but even though you may be going through some stuff, some new feelings, especially in your head or anything like that, let's not forget your wife is going through the most right now. She just spent nine months cooking this little baby in her belly and building this kind of bond with the kid. Now, it's something that a dad may never understand, will not understand, no matter how many times their wife sniffing or they may tell them that they know how it felt. You'll just never know how it feels, and that's... That's the bottom line. And then obviously, once it's out, once it's out, you know, giving everything the baby's okay, it's just the first step of many emotions. You have to be happy and at the same time a little sad. Some women get attached to having the baby in their belly, and when it's gone or when it's out, they miss it. And then the real underlying problem comes into play, which is postpartum depression. It's important to be real understanding and open for your partner. Sometimes the woman may, sometimes your wife may feel like they can't talk about it. Or, you know, you got to be there 
openly, supportive, mentally, and physically. The last thing you want is for your mom to hurt the, your mom. The last thing you want is for your wife or girlfriend or anybody to hurt the baby because this depression kicks in. There have been stories like that. It has happened. So this is why it's so important. So the bottom line, keep your feelings in mind and put everything you have for yourself. Put it aside. I mean, it affects every woman. If someone says that they didn't experience it, there's some little piece to it. They may be not telling the truth just because they don't want to admit to it, but it happens, and just us as dads, we got to be there for them. And number five, don't go far with putting others' needs in front of yours. And what I mean by that is that just as you're putting the wife and the baby's needs in front of yours, don't forget about yourself. Don't get to the point where this this stress and anger and unfortunately maybe resentment might kick in. By thinking about yourself in instances does not make you a bad dad. Let me say that again. Thinking about yourself in certain circumstances does not make you a bad dad or a bad person. If you feel... If you feel by doing that, the views of society and how bad dads act and their stereotypes is what's defining you, don't because it's not. You got to take care of yourself in order to take care of your family. Let me say that again. You got to take care of yourself in order for you to take care of your family. You got to remember, you're all in this together. And by taking time to yourself, it could be anything from volunteering to go to the store or taking an extra long shower or just going outside for a little quick walk or a run by yourself. Just something to see that you could kind of decompress and just take everything in and get a fresh start. Because like I said, baby's going through a lot in the first year. So is a mom especially. And you kind of need to be there for both of them in case anything happens. You got to be their support system. And I'm pretty sure if you openly ask your wife, talk to her about it, or your girlfriend, they'll be on your side. And I mean, it's nothing to be ashamed about. So find your little niche into what you need to do to get the time for yourself, no matter how I may come to get mentally exercised for it. And number six. Just remember that everything you've gone through being a dad in the first year or going through in the first year, it's all temporary. Your wife's not going to have postpartum forever. She's not going to be in a kind of fragile, delicate state because I went through something like that with my wife. Once the kid starts walking and getting a little bit older in that sense, that kind of goes away and the normal reality of, well, hey, I have a kid, I'm the mom, you're the dad, this is ours, it kind of kicks into play and you kind of let go of the fear of the, you know, the postpartum, but the first year goes by fast. Um, any dads, make sure that you do ask for help if you need it to the wife, family, friends, anybody. I mean, I just had the six talking points. That was really about it. But I just kind of felt it was important just to kind of get that out there and have any dads, you know, 
listen, not feel alone because, like I said before, those stereotypes or those uh, old ways of be, being a man or quote unquote man or a dad and and kind of make us more stubborn in the sense of asking for help or looking at things through a different lens. So I kind of just want to throw that out there, throw myself out there because I needed all that stuff in the first year and now having two kids looking back, I realize how important it is on our end. And so no offense to any of the moms out there maybe listening to this, but just realize that as much as you're going through, as much as your significant other might be silent and put up a front, trust me when I say they're going through it just as much as you are. And just remember we're all in this together. Me and the families, of course, when you're <laughs> having the kids and they're growing up with them, you're, you're teaching. Not, I'm not in this together with you in, in that sense, but I don't know if that made sense or I just confused myself or I just confused you, but dial with it anyway, right? But just remember when you're building your family, your little, you know, circle, mom, dad, kid, you guys are in this together. Thanks again listening for another week, and I hope this was a little bit of help. So thanks once more.